to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Kenny Pickler, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Court Winston. Yo, diggity. And there's the opening bell. We are so excited to have you guys back for episode eight. This one is all about cold, hard cash. Or soft, warm cash. I'll pretty much take cash any way you want to give it to me. Except for some of that like hot summer sticky oh, that's been yeah. in your moist. pocket. Ugh. Ugh. Moist. No. no, no, no. Okay, <laughs> we've now disgusted everybody listening. They've clicked <laughs> off. They're done. Please stick with us. We're not going to say the word moist ever again. <laughs> you just said it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we need a not not the no jargon zone. We need the no no, no icky word zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's get serious. Let's talk about some cash. Okay, so. Um, as we have uh, been explaining over the last couple of weeks, we're, we're doing the basics of investment in this uh, four-part series. Um, we covered stocks in episode six. We covered bonds in episode seven. 007. Today, 007. Uh, today we're covering cash. And then next week, we'll round out the series with an episode about hard assets. That would be things like gold, oil, you know, stuff you can buy and actually tangibles tangibles there you go that's another that's another good word um <laughs> so today's episode being about cash we ladies and gentlemen you know we always try and come up with a top 5 that is related to the episode's top, main topic in some way so this week we're doing the top 5 cash heist movies slash bank robbery movies. I mean, you know, but it has to it has to involve cash. So that did eliminate some of my more favorite heist movies, but can't be helped. We had to limit the category somehow. So cash heist movies. Katie, why don't you drop a little top five our way? Okay, this was a fun topic to do because I just feel like there's a lot of great movies around heist, but like Court said, yeah, you've got to limit it to just they're stealing cash. And um, I also, on a side note, there's a lot of the same actors that seem to be in a lot of these movies. So I guess kind of typecast there. My number one um, on this list, at least not necessarily my number one in my heart, would be The Town, Ben Affleck, Boston. I mean, just he's got that great Boston accent going on. They are big time bank robbers. And um, it just it is a great, great movie. That was uh, that was his de- directorial debut. Yeah, he directed it and acted in it and all of that. And you know, I always meant to see that. I'm not sure if I actually saw it, though. It was good. And Blake Lively had a cameo in it. She, mm, yeah, I love no. her. Uh, number two would be uh, kind of a little funnier one going in style. It was Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, Alan Arkin. These are a bunch of Older guys working at jobs found out their pension had been frozen. They weren't going to get it. They were mad at the banks. Happened to be in the bank when it was getting robbed. And we're like, we can do this. And so it's just awesome about these three old, which I love these guys, but in the premise of the movie, they're the three old geezers and they're deciding to rob a bank. (laughs) So very cool. Number three, Den of Thieves. It is um, 50 Cent, Draw Butler, which I mean, us 90s people, you know, 50 Cent was a rapper. This is now a whole nother 50 Cent that actually is a great actor. Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen it. You're you're listening to a bunch of movies I um, haven't seen this But time. what's cool about this one, and we're going to, you know, through this podcast, I'm sure we'll talk about a place called the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. But in this movie, the Federal Reserve Bank issues out the money, the, the cold hard cash we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. But there's certain dollars that become out of circulation. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just got to get rid of them. And mm-hmm. so... 
the Federal Reserve actually destroys them. There's somebody on the inside who wants to jump in and try and get $30 million that's about to be destroyed. So, I mean, it's kind of brilliant. Of course, you know, you got to see the movie to see how it ends. Uh, Number four, kind of far-fetched with the heist thing, but Dark Knight. Okay. Who doesn't love Dark Knight? Think about the very beginning. The Joker, everyone's got their clown mask going on. They're robbing the bank. And it's that whole scene of they're, like, picking off everybody. And then the bus flies in to get all the money out of the way. I, I mean, just incredible scene. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. And plus, it, I mean, just right off the bat, you know exactly who the, the Joker is. You're, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you get a very clear understanding of him from the beginning. Yes. It's amazing. And my last one, you know, when you think of uh, bank robbers and stuff, a lot of times we think of the old, old time gangsters and stuff like that. So Public Enemies with Johnny Depp, all about Don, John Dillinger, Public Enemy number one. So it's all about his bank robberies and, you know, the FBI getting all involved with that. But just all those great mobster movies are the best. (laughs) So those are some of my top five ones that I like. What about you? Okay. Well, um, my top five starts with a movie called Baby Driver. It is an Edgar Wright directed, I think written and directed movie. Uh, it stars a kid whose name I cannot pronounce, but he's the he's he was uh, he was also in um, *The Fault in Our Stars* and uh, I don't know a couple of other movies. Um, Ellsgort is his last name. Anyway, he plays uh, an almost preternaturally gifted driver who uh, is a getaway driver for a. Oh robbery crew and so the movie really focuses on him and not so much the heist but it is it is a a fantastic movie with a lot of really amazing driving stunts in it um i love it Uh, my son made me watch it the first time because he's a big edgar wright fan and anyway it's it's stuck with me it's a good movie good soundtrack too um okay number two would be butch cassidy and the sundance kid classic classic. train (laughs) robberies Love it. Awesome, awesome movie. Love the, love everything about it. Uh, obviously, Paul Newman, Robert Redford. Great, great flick. You know, can't get enough of it. Um, number three, classic movie, Ocean's Eleven. I won't even oh, bother listing yes. all the stars in this movie, but there are a lot of them, and it is a fantastic movie. And I love, I love any heist movie where you basically spend the whole movie watching them plan out the heist, and you don't know exactly how they're going to pull it pull it off. And okay. so when they do the final reveal of how they're going to pull it off, or how they actually pull it off, it's so cool. Oh, absolutely, love, love those. Yeah, number four, uh, classic movie, another one, uh, Heat. Stars Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Oh, great uh, cast! Yeah, it's 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 also got Val Kilmer in it. Uh, I mean, it it's an excellent cast. It is a great movie, highly intense, extraordinarily cast. Um, there's a scene that is often referenced uh, between Robert De Niro and uh, Al Pacino in a diner. It's basically Al Pacino is the cop trying to to bring down Robert De Niro, who's a bank robber. And they uh, they have this intense meeting in in a diner. Um, of course, that's where you have intense meetings. Well, yeah, obviously, but you know, people will reference the heat diner scene, and that's that's what they're talking about when they say that. Um, and then finally, Point Break. I mean, really, it's it's got Keanu Reeves in it. It's got Patrick Swayze in it. it it's it's just basically. <laughs> It's the, the the bank robbery scenes themselves are actually fantastic too. So it's 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 definitely gonna have a place on my list. It's fantastic. 
so that's my top five. Uh, Katie, why don't we move on to the topic? Well, the yeah. main topic of the day, cash money. Cash. So what is cash? I mean, I feel like most of you who are listening to this probably know cash. Well, we have a little bit more of a technical definition of, of what we think of as cash in our industry. So it's not just them dollar bills, you know what I'm saying? No, it's not not the dollar bills that are hopefully in your pocket or wallet right now. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had cash in my wallet. Well, see, but you got to have your at least a dollar because you got to tip the Sonic girls. Oh, I. You know what? Um, I don't. I don't go to Sonic. But you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. You do have to tip if you go. Okay. Enough about Sonic. Let's talk about cash. In our world, in the financial world, cash is not just the simple of that dollar bill, twenty dollar bill, dollar whatever. Dollar bills, it may be. y'all. Yeah, dollar bills, y'all. Um, we really want to talk about cash and what it means. It's it's. The lifeblood of your financials. It's, I mean, it is the essence. It's the oxygen. It's what keeps everything going. <laughs> it's what you need to pay your bills. And, you know, cash is a phrase that doesn't necessarily mean that dollar, that $20 that's in your wallet. Right, right. It means uh, cash is basically, I mean, it does include cash that you would keep under your mattress but it's 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 so 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 much more so than much that. more than that yeah so it, it it also includes um your your checking account your savings account i mean technically you could go to the bank and pull cash out but even when it's in the bank and it's not in your wallet it's still part of what we consider cash cash is something that's liquid which yeah. that is jargon i'm yes. calling myself i'm a violation but what we mean when we say liquid is it's Cash or whatever we call liquid is something that you can easily get your hands on. Yeah, it's it. Basically, cash is the most liquid. It can be. It can be wherever wherever your money is kept. It can be turned into dollar bills, y'all, very very quickly. Yes. So you can go to your bank and get that money pulled out of your checking your savings account and instantly turn it into that twenty dollars in your wallet. Yeah, and part of the reason that it is so vitally important to have cash is because obviously that's that's the way our financial system works that's the 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 exchange of money for goods and services and so if you don't have that cash to exchange for goods and services it doesn't mean you don't still need the goods and services specifically like food and a place to live and stuff and so you end up doing what you end up having to pay for it with a credit card which means you're borrowing yep. someone else's cash, basically. Yep, credit cards, other people's money. Yeah. That's yep. really what it is. And if you don't pay them back by the end of the month, you're going to get charged interest yep. on their uh, You'll get on charged that. that little like, oh, it's okay that you can't pay us back that $1,000. It's fine. We'll just charge you, you know. We'll just charge you 20%. 20%. And then, you know, when you pay us back the 1000 plus that extra. Yeah. So... Much, much better to have cash because obviously if you can't pay your credit card off at the end of every month, you're going to start incurring interest charges and that debt that you have on that credit card is going to go up rather quickly. Now, again, I know we've given this this caveat many times before. Credit cards are not of the devil, no. but they, 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 they serve a very, very good purpose, but it is also important to, to pay off that balance. Yeah, you've just, with anything, it's you've got to know the right way to use them and make sure you're smart with it and make sure it fits in with your finances that you can use these. But yes, we... Well, let's put a, yeah, let's put a pin in that. We're going to do an episode, we promise, on credit cards. But back to cash. Let's assume that you've got cash. So what do you do with it? What do you do with that cash? You just stick it under your mattress? No. 
No. You're not going to do that. That's where we need to look at level of cash. Okay. And so what I mean by that is through these episodes, we've talked about figuring out your budget, figuring out your income and your expenses. And from it, you should have a pretty good idea of what your living expenses are. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, how much money you need to have to live on your basic expenses. So when we're looking at your cash, we want to look at it as three months worth of living expenses is Mm -hmm. what you want to have in, say, that checking account. Right. Okay. Now, I do have to be throw out there that there are people that have different types of income that come in. So if you think about it, if your income is variable, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a stock when you were talking about that. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. Right. So with that, you want to be a little bit more cautious and on the safe side. So where we said before, you kind of want to have that three months. It may be closer to, you know, one to two months in checking and, you know, the four, four or five, five to yeah. savings. So you see, it's going to be a little bit different Mm -hmm. versus if your income every month is stable and fixed, kind of like a bond, Right. then that's where you can be more that consistent, okay, at any given moment, I have three months worth of living. Yeah, three months in savings, a month in checking, and you're good or something like that. Yeah, and we're not going to get nitty gritty into this, but it's one of those, when we say in your account, we don't mean that if your three months worth of living was $10,000. We don't mean that, you know, once those paychecks, once once nothing has been taken out of it, hasn't been touched, it's at 10000 but at the end of the month, it's at two. We mean, we call it, it's kind of jargonish, I guess, the low, low water mark. That okay. means at any given moment, that's the lowest that account ever gets to is those three, three months, months worth of living expenses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, um, and again, if you're, if you're talking about, if you're talking about having a variable income, then it's it's that higher it's that higher amount. You yeah, want that because you think about months. it. So if you know you have a bad month or something, you want that little extra cushion. Yeah. So that's when we talk about all these different elements of cash, and you know we're not throwing in throwing it under their mattress because you know that that's your own thing if you want to do that. We're not re- <laughs> we're not recommending that. There are four places that we recommend for cash. Yeah. And that's you know checking savings. Mm-hmm. CD, which is jargon, but I'm, we're going to explain that. Okay. And money market, which is another one that we're going to explain in this episode. Yeah. So with this, with the levels, we're talking about your checking and your savings. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 this is, this is money that you want access to pretty much immediate access to, which is your checking and your savings account. That means you could go in tomorrow and get it without any problems. There's nothing that limits your, your ability, the, the quote unquote maturity there's no maturity date on this. There's no. There's no date that I'm. 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 I'm gonna explain. I would say jargon. I'm gonna explain when you have your money in a checking or a savings account. There is no minimum amount of time that it has to stay in there before you can take it back out. You yeah, can put you it can in today and get it back in, out. Take it out tomorrow. whenever. So there is. There is maturity date is immediate. There is no maturity date. Basically, it's just it's there and you can get to it immediately when you need it. And so when you're and talking when you, about when you these, say maturity, we're talking about that. That is a set thing of. I give you a thousand dollars. I'm not allowed to take it out till it matures, right? Which would be a certain set of time. Six so that's months what later. you think. Yeah, right. That's the, what you, you know, need to think about when you hear the maturity. Not we're not talking about our maturity age. And no, all we definitely are not going to talk about my maturity. That would be <laughs> that would probably be a couple. That's probably its own podcast. I mean, like a completely different podcast. Just court's maturity. It would star Robin Winsett, my wife. <laughs> 
so it all starts with a strong foundation and everyone visualizes things in different ways. So you can visualize like the pyramids in Egypt or you can visualize a house. But you think about it, like if you were building a house, you want that strong base because if you don't build that strong base, what's going to happen if you build this gorgeous house on top of it? It's going to crumble. Yes. Yes. So visualize this as those, that cash level that is right there, your three months, your five months, whatever it needs to be for your lifestyle, that is your foundational element. That is your strong foundation. For a house or a, or a pyramid. Or a pyramid. Yeah, you know, it I, works both ways. I know you love, I know you love uh, Egypt. Yeah. So, so, you know, those those things over there, they hadn't been standing for a thousand years for nothing. They, no, if a camel's going to lean on it, you want to make sure it's got that strong foundation. So we want to make sure you guys have your strong foundation of the living expenses. Right. Having right. your having the three months worth in there. So okay. from that, if we're if you go with us and we're, you know, we've got our pyramid or we got our house, pick what you want it to be. So we've got our base level of, you know, three months. Mm-hmm. Uh, next would be expenses in the less than a year that right. you're gonna have to pull that money out within the year. So you don't want to lock this money away again. We're still talking about cash. You don't want to lock it away where you're not going to be able to get to it in six months when you need it in six months. Yeah, and say this is, you know, paying for your car insurance or if you know that you've got to be buying taxes, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. just those kind of basic expenses that you're going to be using within the year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're stepping up to the next level. So we're on the third level of our pyramid or house or whatever it may be. But remember, we've got that strong foundation that's helping support all this. Next level vacation fund and i know we haven't talked about you guys specifically with that yet that's going to be on episode 11 i think we may be talking about that i don't know sounds sounds good you'll find out (laughs) (laughs) but that's where you're going to kind of put away some money for vacation things that are important to you maybe it's a wedding whatever anything like that but Mm -hmm. it's those that's the next level above that you got your long-term purchases okay so that may be if one of your kid needs a new car or if you're wanting to buy a new house or something like that. So those levels are really, that's the cash. That's stuff that we want to be liquid, our new word we learned. Right. We want to be able to get our hands on that because Quick. those are all something important. Right. Now above this on your pyramid or your house, this may be your third floor, your whatever it may be. But that is where we actually get into investments uh-huh. where we were talking before about stocks and bonds. Yeah. So, yeah, we went through all of this, and then we finally get to the investment portion of it. Mm-hmm. And then past that, that's where it's going to be the next episode, talking about hard assets, the real estate investments, things like that. Right. So, so it's sort of that, that well, we'll get into, we'll, we'll get into next week what the hard assets are. I could, <laughs> we could, I could almost see me going off on a tangent right now, but we'll, we'll stick to it. So again, yeah, it's that strong foundation. It's that base. It all starts with the beginning. You, you don't start a story in the middle. You start at the beginning. So okay. we don't. We do not start our financial adventure until we have that strong base of the three months or more living expenses in our checking or savings account. Right. Right. So, and then those other those other levels that you talked about about the house before you get to investments and before you get to hard assets. Um, uh, those those other levels they they may go in your checking account they may go in your savings account they may go in a certificate of deposit a CD why don't you uh, I guess yeah I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and tell y'all what that is <laughs> is Basic- that is that like what you used to put in your car the CD <laughs> I mean that's when I first heard the phrase CD and people going oh I have a CD I'm like oh well I have a whole like car full of them you mm, know like no. an album of them but. Okay. 
that that is not the CD that you would play your Backstreet Boys on in your car. Mm, no, no, <laughs> not that same kind of CD. Yes, certificate of deposit. Right. So you take your money to a bank or to uh, to a, a, an investment advisor. I mean, all, all kinds of people sell CDs. But basically what you're doing is you're you're giving them the money and they're going to give you an elevated interest rate. They're going to to pay you a a higher rate of interest than you would get on, say, your savings account. Mm -hmm. But in exchange for them giving you that higher level of of interest, they ask you to let them hang on to the money for a fixed period of time, whether that's six months, a year, five years, let's say six months to a year, because we're talking about the cash episode. You don't want to be tying it up more than six months to a year, probably. But to let them hold on to that money for that long, they will they will pay you extra interest and that is a certificate of a deposit a certificate of deposit and that's that's what it is that's that's how you do so it's different from if you like i had $1000 in my checking account it's just it's sitting there i know yes. that $1000 is there for me and in my savings have- account $1000 sitting in there Depending on what's going on you may maybe earn a little bit of interest a couple of pennies yeah. maybe Okay, so that was step one and step two. Step three, now if I give you the same $1,000 for a CD. Right. So what would happen with that? How would that be different than where it was in the savings and checking? Well, I mean, you just can't, you can't, you can't go to like say an ATM and put your your card in the ATM and pull money out of your CD. I can't access that because I've set with you. Right. I'm not going to take this money out yeah. and for six months. You signed specific paperwork when you gave me, I'm the bank, you're the person giving me the money. I'm going to give you paperwork when you give me your money that you signed that says, you know, that you're putting this money in a CD and I'm going to give you a certificate back that says, okay, you've got this, you've got this money in the CD. This is how much it is. And this is when you can cash it out. But the reason for me to want to do it is because you said the interest. So my $1,000, when I get it back or have access to it, would be worth a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, and I don't know what CD rates are right now. Um, historically, in my experience, uh, any time from, from, I don't know, the, the 1970s or early 80s when interest rates were like 16% up to now where it's more like 1% or 2%, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so CDs are issued, you know, you could get it with a bank, you could get it with, you know, financial advisors. There's tons of people that are issuing CDs. But that's really when you see the phrase CD or hear somebody say that. Now, I mean, there, there is a rare moment they could actually be talking about a a CD player or something like that. But most of the time with financial world, it is certificate of deposit. That is where you're making that investment of that money. And again, we consider that even though even though there is a quote unquote maturity date, there is a you have to you have to leave it in the bank for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And if it's a six month CD, then that maturity date that we talked about earlier is six months down the road. Um, so you wouldn't want to put your all your money into something like that. You don't like want to that. put your emergency fund in in a in a CD that you can't get into for six months because it's an emergency fund, and by its very nature, yeah. you need to have immediate access to it. Yeah. So on the on the liquid level, that makes it a lot harder because you've got to wait it out until right. you hit to that time where they're like, okay, you have access to this again. But we do still consider it cash. Yes, and when it's we talk about cash, cash it, it's 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 part. It goes in that category of cash because. Because liquidity-wise, maturity-wise, it's a, it's going to be available to you within the next year. Assuming that you get a, a one-year CD, then it, within at least the next year, you will have access to that money. 
So the the kind of the final four one of um, cash would be a money market. Yes, right. So um, a money market. Money uh, market is just another form of kind of a savings, but this one is made up of mutual funds. Right. So a, a money market fund invests in investments like treasury bills and very short-term government agency paper, uh, government and agency uh, securities. So, um, uh, sorry, I guess I should say a treasury bill is is kind of like a bond, except uh, no interest payments. So it's a type of short-term government security, an investment, um, but the investment will buy the bill for a reduced price over what they'll ultimately be able to redeem it for down the road. So you're seeing some limited return on your investment, but you're minimizing your risk. So a money market fund invests in these short-term securities to maintain liquidity. We keep talking about that. um, And stability. A money market fund share is supposed to remain priced at a dollar per share. So while it's not guaranteed to retain its value, it is designed to stay at a dollar per share. So if 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 like it, it did back in 2008 financial crisis, uh, a money market share price goes below a dollar, it's called breaking the buck. So it's not supposed to happen, but there's a name for it. So obviously it can happen. Ultimately, it's it's like you said, though. It's kind of like a savings in terms of stability, but it is definitely an investment. So it's a little riskier than just putting your money in savings, but it pays higher interest. I mean, we can say definitely that... That they, they earn higher interest rates than a savings. So yeah, but it's... Okay, we said a a money market account is like a savings account, but there is one important distinction. A savings account or a checking account that you open at your bank, Mm -hmm. banks are insured by the FDIC. That's the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And it's, it's a government entity that basically tells people, you can deposit up to $250,000 into an account at a bank. And if you deposit that money into an account at a bank, then if the bank fails for some reason, they are insured by the FDIC up to that $250,000 mark. A and so bunch you of would, you probably had a light bulb right now because you're like, oh, I have seen that FDIC. you seen that blue and FDIC the sign. big thing, because anytime you walk into a bank, there's a sign that says it, or it may even be on your checks or anything like that. Yeah. But the FDIC is around. And I got to throw a fun little pop culture in there before. I know you're going to really explain it to us, but uh, how many people have seen the It's a Wonderful Life movie? Uh, I know it's Christmas, but... You know, they used to play... when during, In my childhood, Christmas season, they played it 50 times a, a, a day during month of December. I mean, it, it, it was shown over and over and over again. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. George Bailey has, you know, Bailey Savings and Loans, and it's the whole run on the bank. Because it's in terrible times and you've got mean old Potter over there running the big bank and he is in competition with George Bailey. Mm. And George Bailey runs in there and everyone's like, we need our money, we need our money. He goes, you obviously don't understand how banks work because the money's not here. And he goes, well, I only gave you $200. Well, sir, your $200 is in Mr. Jones's remodel of his house and your money is over here with this person. Because the way George did that is he, you know, would take the money and he'd loan it out to other people. So yeah, I guess we should. I, I guess we should 
break in there and and explain just just so we're one hundred percent certain that everybody's on the same page. The way that banks make money is not by just taking your deposits and holding them in the the coffers of the bank. It's not in know. the vault. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not like down in a dungeon somewhere with a dragon guarding it. It's, oh man, that'd be so awesome. It though. would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. But uh, what they do is they 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 take your money as a deposit and then they turn around and loan that money out to someone else and charge the person they're loaning the money to interest. And so that's why George Bailey was frantic because he wasn't prepared for everybody to come yeah. in and want their money at the exact same moment. Of course, you know, the happiness or I don't know if it was necessarily happy. George took his $2,000. It was supposed to be his honeymoon. He ended up giving to tide over his customers so he could try and hopefully save the business. So the way we can kind of twist this around, we don't have a George Bailey, but we have an FDIC. Yes, George yes. Bailey, FDIC. Think about that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the FDIC um, was, it came about because of the Great Depression. Yes. Because of that run on banks, when everybody ran to the bank and wanted to, to withdraw all their money, and the banks were like, oh, we can't. Um, after, after that happened that time, the, the government was like, we maybe ought to do something about this. So the banks are required to, the, the banks have requirements on them. They, they're required to stay open uh, a certain number of days out of every week and so that people have access to their money. And they are required to keep a certain amount of dollar bills, y'all, on hand, cash on hand, so that they can give out money as it is requested by their customers, by their clients. But they are not required to keep every single dollar that they show on deposit on yeah. hand at all times. If everybody were to make a run on the bank right now and then and the bank were to go, oh, we can't, and th they were run out of money and go bankrupt, you would still get up to $250,000 that you have on deposit at a particular bank. You would get that back from the FDIC. Yeah. and and But that's that kind of you brought up a point. Okay, $250,000. And that is where it's one of those, you can have too much. Because if you have too much, if you have over that money in your bank, then it's not covered. That excess money you have in there would not be covered. So there is such a thing of having too much cold, hard cash. Yes. And that's where then, that's this whole thing of looking into, take, have that amount you need, have that strong foundation, and the rest of it, let's, you know, layer it up and put it in different outlets to do something for you. Yeah, yeah. You can have, you can have some of it in your savings, some of it in your checking, so that you can spend that money that you need to. It'll be there in the checking. You can have some of it... In a CD, put it away, get some interest on it. You can have some of it in a money market. Again, you're going to get some more interest because that money market is, uh, I guess we should circle back around because I started off by explaining what the FDIC is, but that's in the context of a money market. Uh, a money market is not necessarily FDIC insured. If you put the money, if you put your money in a money market account, it's not like a savings in that the only place you can get a savings account is at a bank that is FDIC insured. A money market account, you can get that at all sorts of different kinds of financial institutions, which means that it's not guaranteed that you, that, that you, you don't have that $250,000 safety net from the FDIC that you would with a savings account at a bank. Yeah. Um, and so there is that difference. It, it, it is it, it, a money market is an investment of sorts. It is a very stable investment, but it is still an investment. Yeah, and it's an investment that yes, if you had a money market set up with your bank, then it you know I think it is looped in there and can be covered with mm -hmm. FDIC. But then you're limited to the investment options you can pick within the realm of the bank. But generally speaking, again, 
money market is stable. It is highly liquid, so you can get your money back out of it when you need to. But it it it, it is an investment. Yes. Um. So there there there's that for what it's worth. I believe that I believe that we have covered everything, Katie. We've covered a lot. Well, how would you like to sum everything up into one neat little thought? Why don't you give everybody your bullseye? I want to hear your bullseye first. Oh, wow. You're turning it around <laughs> on me. Change it up. <laughs> that means I've got to think about bullseye real quick. Okay. So I'm going to basically, the, the episode is cash. What is cash? Cash is dollar bills, y'all. I don't know why I keep saying that. I heard it somewhere. It's anyway. better to say show me the money. <laughs> Um, cash is obviously dollar bills, but it's also those, those places where you keep your cash. Um, we, in our industry, we refer to money being kept in, there are four different types of places you can keep money where if it's kept there in our industry, we refer to that as cash. Um, and those would be your checking account, your savings account, a certificate of deposit, or a money market account. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what cash is. And then that's my bullseye. Okay, falling off of you, it's yeah, it's that's where your places are. That money's not tied up. It's you know easy access. You can get a hold of it. That's why it's cash. But I want you guys to remember as well. It's remember that strong foundation. Start your story strong. Start your build strong. You've got to have that three or whatever it may be, three to five months of living expenses in that cash and then start going from there and really laying out where your money needs to go in different buckets and that's where you know us at pickler wealth advisors we're here to help you figure that out but it all starts with that core strong foundation of having that strong level of cash yes absolutely bullseye oh katie there's the closing bell ladies and gentlemen you've reached the end of yet another one of our bullcast podcasts if you liked it and you haven't subscribed already, go to your favorite subscription service and like and subscribe. Give it five stars on Apple or leave a comment for us there. Also, you can check out our website, which is bullcastpodcast.com to find out more about me and Katie. Send us questions, give us some feedback, or if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, suggest a topic and we'll cover it. You can also follow us on Twitter, which is at bullcastpodcast or on Instagram at bullcastpodcast. And um, finally, if you if you would like to find out more about the company that we work for, Pickler Wealth Advisors, you can go to that website, picklerwealthadvisors.com, that's advisors with an O, and read about Katie, read about me, read about our boss, and the fantastic team that we work with. Um, that should give you enough to do for the time being, so until next time, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And we are out of here.